There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Hi there. I am Adam Kibas. And you are listening to my podcast, Literature Analysis. Today we will start analyzing a very famous play by William Shakespeare, Macbeth. I mean, truth be told, it is indeed true that Shakespeare is the greatest playwright who has ever lived. This is, of course, beyond doubt. And it would, and it is indeed interesting to talk about his life as well. Whether does someone, uh, whether he really existed or not, whatever it is. I mean, this is something we will not talk about here in our podcast. I assume that this has been um, talked about enough, and I have only watched recently a, a YouTube. Um, a uh, uh, YouTube uh, documentary about Shakespeare where it actually is not really clear or this has not really solved so so we will not come to a uh, conclusion however so so I some sort of pretty much omitted uh, talking about Shakespeare um, in his private life of course you will have to it would be interesting to talk about um, the time Shakespeare lived, of course, but again, this is something we will leave out as well. Because I I think that an author, this is what, if you're an author yourself, this is what you perceive uh, as well, that if you write something, there are a lot of conscious processes going on, especially here, if you some sort of Right, uh, attentively, but there are as well as very a lot of subconscious processes going on. You do not have to believe in psychoanalysis, but this is what pretty much happened. So, so writing is something I don't know how to explain it more accurately, but it is some sort of letting your thoughts go letting your uh, uh or let your brain create mental images if you know how to write or one key advice for writing is if you want to write a novel if you want to write with science fiction fantasy whatever start not with the protagonists but start with the world so create in your mind the world create in your mind the scene and then it things get easier, you know, because you have some sort of already setting and every character then in your mind some sort of moves in this 
setting and so on and so forth so however so but a lot of these things um work independently of your conscious well not independently but in a way in a sub conscious way and this is the reason why i assume that you can some sort of separate um, the author uh, from his work i know this sounds a bit tricky especially you will probably chide me for it but it is something you can do indeed so uh, just i'm just stating that the artwork of an author may be some times beyond his own grasps because sometimes you are nothing but the brainchild of your generation however i do not say that shakespeare was that i mean if you only read read shakespeare especially macbeth i read macbeth and uh, and i immediately started loving shakespeare please note that i did not uh, grow up in an english speaking country assumably maybe this be, this may be some sort of a prejudice this assumably in the english sphere uh, everyone knows shakespeare assumably uh, again this is prejudice this i don't know uh, people in england or or in in great britain in north america do nothing else but uh, uh, acting <laughs> playing on a stage and so on and so forth like Spanish or, or like Latinos know how to dance English or the the English speakers know how to act. I mean, again, this is prejudice and I'm sorry about this. However it is, but mm, assumably everyone in the English, mm, uh, in Great Britain, in North America, in Australia, whatever you have with every native English speaker will, will know Shakespeare a lot. You you grew up with it. This is your cultural heritage. As I grew up in Austria, there your cultural heritage is exactly uh, Goethe, Schiller, and and Etia Hoffmann. What what have you? So so we read in Austria German literature. Praise it as a cultural accomplishment, and assumably people will do this around the world as well. So, however, assumably everyone will know a lot about Shakespeare. I read Shakespeare very late, so so Macbeth, and I do admit I only like Macbeth, the other plays. Well, I cannot really go along with them, whatever. Uh, but Macbeth, and if you read Macbeth, there you see really the genius of William Shakespeare. This is beyond doubt. Uh, so, no matter whether you believe this was a group or one, person this was ingenious i mean if you if you read the understanding i mean if you read shakespeare and if you really uh, imagine it then you understand that this man had a lot of uh, had a deep understanding not only how a play works but as well as how you should present a play how it is being perceived or could be perceived by the audience this is this is again uh, you have to read or understand Shakespeare's play uh, that uh, these things are played on a in a theater, and you some sort of um, uh, have to adjust your play to it. I mean, we all grew up with the TV and some of these things. For example, that that 
a woman or that the man would some sort of uh, hold a speech about his pain, hold a speech about love and oh my goodness, she can't find true love or she's in love or she has lost the love, all these tragedies. From our point of view, who grew up with TV, this is some sort of unbearable, oh my goodness, what should we make of this? I mean, this all uh, like all those Bollywood movies you have to say well why why do they have to dance or why does she have to sing about her her being being in trouble whatever it is but it is some sort of understandable or you understand this from the perspective of stage i mean if you're on the stage you cannot some sort of have complex uh, i would say uh, complex uh, dialogues at least not without the support or with, with visual support. I mean, if you have mm, on a TV, you have actually a great instrument on a on a um, on a on the display, and this is that you can show without telling it. I mean, you can. There, there are some great movies where where people read or say less, but but the visual impact impression does it so the visual impression cuts you this is easier um, this is really easier so uh, on a screen to some sort of uh, convey information this is not so easy if you want if you are on stage theater we we have to be aware that shakespeare lived uh, around 1600 this was a different time this is something we all have to take into con Consideration, but the ingeniousness of Shakespeare is what you really see if you read Macbeth. And I think Macbeth, my personal opinion is Macbeth is the best he has ever written. There you see that he really understands the audience. And this is what, if you want to be a good author, always some sort of desire, knowledge. If you if you want to accomplish something, of course. If you if you uh, want to write a bestseller, if you want to be accomplish anything as author, then of course you should ask yourself what people would wanna read. Uh, I mean, of course, I, I said um, we have to be aware of one thing, so you do not just write because you feel yourself as a gifted artist well i don't think that this will get you far rather you should be you should consider yourself as a student and as a student you always in constant progress you always in constant learning and there you some sort of analyze other place what we are doing right here with Macbeth we want to improve firstly our writing I'm an author hopefully you you uh, are or at least interested in in writing and the second thing is what we will find a lot in Macbeth is um, some sort of our philosophical understandings whatever but however I will not go into uh, into analyzing Macbeth through a, I would say a rigid, uh, I would say a rigid some sort of philosophical construct, which is mostly how you should analyze novels. This is what we will leave leave aside. This is I think this leads to nowhere. If you some sort of has have already made up your mind. 
that that you should some sort of analyze literature in a certain way. There are a lot of school of thoughts. We will not go into detail with that, but rather really try to look into the play, the structure, and then try to gain something out of it, improve our self selves because we are students. We we are not. Uh, or we think that if you're an artist, you are not born as an artist, right? Quite contrary. This is like physical exercise. You need exercise. You need to improve yourself in order to become good. And one way, one way to become good is not only just read, read stuff, but really analyze it, try to grasp it. And especially if you're an author, you have to analyze things a bit differently. Uh, of course, there are, I would say, three types of readers. The first types of readers, the, these are people who some sort of seek entertainment, leisure, uh, and so on. This is how we watch movies. This is how we watch plays. We want to have a good time, maybe some sort of either we want to have some comedy, some fun, or some grappling uh, tension, a thriller, or a horror, whatever it is. So we are rather seeking emotional satisfaction uh, and just, I would say, um, past the time. The second type of reader, these are, I would say, those who some sort of analyze a play, a book, a movie in in a uh, in an uh, in an analytic way, they are not uh, writers themselves, but rather some sort of some sort of uh, intellectuals, academics. Who, who, especially if you go to the university or if you attend university, you some sort of have to read a book in a certain way, in an analytic way, uh, in order to, to make sense of it, and and so on and so. Forth. And the third way is this is how you should read as an author a, a, a play, and this is where you have to watch and structure how 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 it is built, what is a good opening, what is a bad opening, what what is some sort of a stylistic finesses, what is bad, what is good, and so on and so forth. So we will uh, go the third way, some and look at make make. Beth, from an author perspective, to improve our writing. So I will some sort of give us a short overview about Macbeth, assuming again um, that some of you may, may not know it. If you want to watch it, I have watched a great movie about Macbeth. This was with with uh, Michael Fassbinder. Um, this was, I think, very good. Or you some there are a lot of theater scenes. I think it is smarter you some sort of watch of watch Macbeth or listen to from the theater so that you really see and understand why some dialogues are the way they are because it is really meant for the theater. This was this was and you can some sort of grasp the genie, uh, the the genius of William Shakespeare because this is beyond doubt. However, Macbeth, the Thane of Glams, who is a general, or the, or the entire setting of, of the play is Scotland. Scotland, um, uh, I would say, um, Scotland, um, 
I was not quite sure which uh, sanctuary, but this should not bother us. Scotland, and there is some sort of uh, trouble, or the place starts with war. There's, there has been some war fought against a rebel, but as well as against the foreign invading power, Sveo, the king of Norway, who tried to some sort of invade Scotland, and those invaders and those rebels were fought back by a by a, a brilliant general, Macbeth, who some sort of gained the favor of his king, and who was prophesied that he would become king himself, and thereon, and there some sort of starts this tragedy and Macbeth in the continuation of this prophecy as well as in greed he wants to become uh, king as well or desires to become, become king the moment he this is being relieved or some sort of revealed to him Macbeth is a decent man at least it is assumed and even his wife thinks of him as weak because of his decent, he's not cunning, he's not deceptive. However, it, it is he's, he gets corrupted by power, and then he kills his king, but and some sort of assumes the throne. Yet he does not get satisfaction. He sees ghosts. He sees uh, treason everywhere. He becomes a, a tyrant, a madman who some sort of slaughters everyone and in the end uh, in the end his 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 uh, reign of terror is brought to an end this is some sort of in a very short term how the how uh, or what the play is all about and uh, uh, and um, and it is some sort of uh, anti -st structure with the play we will talk about this about it later in detail. There are a lot of themes in the play. I mean, I would say there is some, you can some sort of inter, interpret the, the play in many forms. Uh, we will as well as look into a psychoanalytic interpretation of one scene. I know um, the, there are some issues, whatever, but um, it, this scene within the psychoanalysis uh, um, or within psychoanalysis is indeed very famous, very known. So we will have to say some words to it as well. We will try to um, portray this theme or the themes from many angles. So, so it should not. We should not leave anything out so even though some psychoanalytic terms however the play starts with uh, i mean this is again something with the theater and this is something you see at many shakespeare plays this is something or the the way the play starts this is some sort of force forced on you because it is a theater i mean this is or the, the beginning of the play at the opening at the Play. This is some sort of a open, open opening, if you do not mind this stupid phrase. But this just means that in the beginning, some sort of the cast is being introduced to the to, to the audience, so that everyone knows 
who is who. Um, this, these are not those great uh, uh, introductions or openings we would know from the movies. Uh, uh, for example, a great introduction is Breaking Bad. I mean, Breaking Bad, some sort of starts in the middle and with some sort of leaves the, uh, or is a great cliffhanger uh, and then some sort of uh, grabs the audience and and you then more and more uh, understand and figure out what this is all about there are a lot of creative beginnings where is uh, some sort of concealed who is who what is who which then uh, uh, when the plot progresses is a great plot twist why you did not know this one coming and so on and so forth so so these great beginnings these are of course missing missing in that sense because you are confined to the theater you have to introduce your audience to the people so in the beginning some sort of open beginning we have have a narration what is going on this is war war against norway and war against the rebel the the fane of Korda who who some so, sort of was with uh, or some sort of sided with Norway in order to fight its own people. So it is an open beginning. We see the King Duncan and and we perceive the beginning from the perspective of King Duncan who is being reported uh, or who is some sort of briefed about the about the battle who is briefed about the battle because there is still war going on and King Duncan some sort of is being told what is going on uh, on the battle and those uh, or his messengers talk about Macbeth and Banku that they were all brave, valiant or fought valiantly, bravely in order to preserve his throne. And here already we some sort of can or should um, be very uh, aware and this is some sort of um, the first theme you have some sort of uh, you could some sort of say it is not really a theme but where you have some sort of the, this this view as a king who is some sort of unsullied he's some sort of or his hands are not, are not blood sucked because King Duncan, uh, if you see it from a Machiavellian view, is actually a weak king, weak king in that sense. He does not fight with his man. The, the Norwegian King Sweno does fight with his man. This is what we some sort of know in the first act. The Norwegian king and he, he is with his man. He, he fights with his man. He takes active action in the battle whereas King Duncan does not so he's been briefed his hands are not uh, soaked in blood this is a very key uh, understanding and as well as there are references to him that he's in one hand the father the the, the all nice father but in the other or, or at the other hand he he's a child this this is some sort of echoes to King Leia, in King Leia, the king himself is in one hand a father, but as well as some sort of a perennial child. And in, in Mac, 
Beth, you have these references as well. So King Duncan, he's not with with his man. He does not fight with his man. He's some sort of weak as well as feminine. This is another theme uh, of the play. And I think what is pretty much remarkable for this age is the how women are portrayed. But this is as well as the 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 play is a lot of ma- about masculinity. Colonity, uh, what it means to be a man, uh, but as well as what it means to be a good king. And for that matter, Macbeth, who fights with his man, who orders his man, he is some sort of stronger as as Macbeth, uh, as King Duncan. So Macbeth, this general, he's with his man, and King Duncan is not. He's the father who himself only observes with his people. And those who know a little bit of history, especially Roman history, then you know that those generals who were with their men, who fought with their men, later always assumed the throne or or let themselves be hailed as emperors. So the Roman history is full of it. So this is where we some sort of understand, but you have to be very careful so that you do not miss this part. So in the beginning, there is the introduction of characters, and and this is very important for us. And as well as that we get to know in what world this play is some sort of, uh, or what's the setting of this play it's not only scotland but it is as well as that that there is some sort of a treason going on so that that the former fan of quarter or the uh he's still fan of quarter so the the general of quarter has betrayed the king uh, and that this is some sort of uh, a constant climate of Treason, and we will later hear, especially when when we some sort of listen to the to the confession of Malcolm uh, in the in the in the fourth scene, or in the no, in the fourth act, that this is some sort of a constant circle. So so this is some sort of in a way inevitable. So there is a constant circle of treason. And we come to understand, in a way, why this is. Because one thing, what, and this is another theme, which again echoes to King Leia, and this is sight. What you see or do not see. And King Duncan, he does not see what Macbeth does. He only is being briefed on what Macbeth does by his men, by his people, and he has to take his word for them. Later on, we have a, a lot of examples as well where, where King Duncan does not see uh, what Macbeth sees, so he's oblivious. He's blind to what Macbeth thinks in his mind or what Lady Macbeth thinks. So his, his perception is is weak. So in a Machiavellian feud, you would say he is a weak king. He has no overview of his kingdom. He does not know anything about his people. Even the the fane of Cordor, the the one who some sort of uh, joins forces with the king of Norway and who betrayed him, to whom King Duncan had an absolute 
trust. He was some sort of shocked in a way. He surprised. How could this happen? How could this man, this honest, decent man, some sort of betray his, uh, betray the king, betray his fellow countrymen? And and this is one reason is here because Duncan is weak and and this some sort of builds upon it continuously, continuously, and we we some sort of understand why this is however but let's stay a little bit in the beginning i mean if you write a novel or if you write a play beginning is the key this is this, this is pretty much important especially if you write books if you write books then some people they let's say uh, uh, without amazon some people or, or this says probably and will be changed now due to the pandemic but normally before the pandemic people would always go to a bookshop and there some sort of read some books they want to buy and there mostly people would read the beginning some part in the middle and some of them who do not care about spoilers the end so this would mean that if you if you write a novel, if you write a book, then you have to grasp people's attention. The same is if if you make a movie, if you write a screenplay, especially now with this streaming wars with Netflix, HBO, and what have you, uh, where there are a lot of streaming service suppliers, um, you. You some sort of grab the attention of the audience, and the beginning is key. I mean, this is the, this is understandable. And the more you c tension you can build in the, uh, not only tension but uh, as well as suspense, the more suspense tension you can make in the beginning, the more you will gain of it. I mean, sus um, for example, all those crime series like CSI or what have you, they are always start with a murder, yeah, this creates uh, already a lot of suspense. However, in theater, your hands are some sort of tight because you have to make sure that the audience some sort of has, has to understand you. So who is who? I mean, you don't want people some sort of um, be going through some troubles where they do not understand yeah, who, who is who or in which relation stand each uh, every person to each other. You do not want to confuse your audience because this is very important. The beginning is some sort of the first instance where you want your audience to to to. Oh, follow the story to some sort of embrace them do not leave anyone behind no but really to, uh, so to, to grasp the scenes and as well as you want to some sort of set the mood uh, set the mood of the play some sort of is this something a dark one and uh, and and this is what you really um, perceive in in um, in Macbeth with those three witches. I mean, this is how it starts. I mean, this, this, this is some sort of set the mood of, of, the, uh, of the play so that you understand what this is all about. 
and with the free, which is this is uh, a great thing. This is especially in the first act. It is uh, in the first act and in the and in the third scene where you where you have a witch who talks about having asked a fat woman whether she can some sort of give her a chestnut and this fat woman refused and because of that the witch uh, haunts haunts her husband who set sail for Aleppo in a ship that is called the tiger and she will some sort of be or transform into a big fat rat and some sort of eat all his all his uh, uh, food and and so on and some sort of will make his life to hell this is some sort of in the first act this is after this introduction of king duncan this is again one great theme what what we some sort of preserve or some sort of get told to. This is a theme you could some sort of say every action has a reaction um, or every 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 bad uh, action has has a consequence or we would in the west in the west we would always some sort of wrongly assume yeah this is karma if you are stingy if you do not give away something uh, you, you you pay the price for it but i think the 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 great thing is of course is some sort of punishment so you do not get scot-free with anything this is what we some sort of perceive with it the the first thing there then the second thing is that this fat woman who actually committed this crime in a way does not get uh, to to pay for it but her husband her husband some sort of has to bear uh, bear the consequences so this is another thing we have to perceive and as well as that the ship which is called the tiger so um, you could some sort of assumed um, that tiger means uh, king of jungle or some sort of a king so that not even kings are above the law are not even protected and so on and so forth so so stinginess some sort of has consequences and and you some sort of cling with your spouse on these consequences you could then later on we will some sort of understand or may assume and this will transform as well some sort of uh, another key component of the play is sacrifice this is very important yeah, especially later when we uh, meet Lady Macbeth so what you want to sacrifice for your ambition and child or ha having children is one of the biggest themes there so, so you will sacrifice your future in that sense or having children for your own ambition but this this conversation with this which is pretty much some sort of sums up what the play is all about so so, so something has has or someone has committed something which was not very to us or this 
fat woman, which we then can assume she was some sort of had enough already. She was, she had, she had uh, everything she had. So, so, so she was voluptuous, and yet she still wasn't willing to sacrifice anything. So she was stingy. And so on, and then her husband, who is uh, on a ship which is called the Tiger, which is probably the king, or an assumption of king, then he is punished, punished for that as well. So, or in a very simple turn, what what goes around comes around. So, um, karma is something different. Karma in the in the in the Asian. Um, Understanding in the Asian philosophy is rather your mental setting. It is not that you are being punished for every wrong you do, but rather uh, that you, if you have have a wrong perception, if you have a wrong mental setting, then you will not be happy, and and so on and so forth. So it is. It has nothing to do with with with, um, with punishment per se. It is rather that you. Karma is rather that you, if you do not have the right right mind set, you betray yourself about of the fruits of 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 your life if you want. So, so this is we should some sort of differentiate our understanding of karma from what is really Asian understanding from karma. Or the true understanding of karma, whatever it is, but some sort of the scene is some sort of set there, and of course these are dark witches, dark witches. So so, so this pretty much we would assume yeah this is cold. There's some sort of some some sort of a cold atmosphere. Some so the so the audience is some sort of brought into this mood. So this is a tragedy after all. This is war. This is blood. There's Treason, the former fame of Cordor, has betrayed, uh, betrayed his king. There's blood, there's war, invasion, fear, whatever, what have you. I'm a, I mean, this is a lot. And their king, Duncan, who, who is some sort of this child, if you want, uh, this this child who is who is very dependent on everything around him. This is what you then later seen. King Lear, and he is a weak king in a Machiavellian term, and he makes a lot of mistakes. One mis, one mistake is what we have already seen. This is here. Uh, this is that he's not with his man. Everyone who knows Roman his his story knows this is very dangerous. And the second thing is what then becomes apparent when Macbeth and Banco some sort of won over the rebels and the Norwegian king that he some sort of admits this is very dangerous admits to his generals that without them he would be nothing and that they only or they that they are the only ones who actually really bear the entire kingdom and he even admits here I could not pay you for for all you have done I mean this is very dangerous and in an Machiavellian term you should never ever admit that you are solely dependent from your or of your generals depend on your generals because then you are in hell's kitchen for sure but we have some sort of this 
notion and this later when Macbeth some sort of ruminates about whether to kill Duncan or not with some sort of pretty much perceived that Duncan is some sort of this eternal child and he's very naive. He believes in the good in the in the people. He believes in everything, everything yeah, that the, that that uh, his children, this is what you pretty much perceive, love him and that they would do everything for him. This is what you have in King Lear as well. I mean, when he uh, unwisely some sort of some uh, uh, um, breaks up uh, apart his kingdom so that uh, his children some sort of uh, can have something but however he pays them dearly because he assumes that his children love him unconditionally and this is something you have here in in Macbeth as well uh, this, he's his father and he, he some sort of cannot pay anyone with a lot of gold or with a lot of wealth, but he some sort of demands or demands affection from his children without anything in return. It is then um, later uh, said, this is when Macbeth some sort of uh, meets the king after he has fought the, this battle successfully that he then talks about yeah his duties he has to his to his king to to his liege to to his father and and there's a very interesting uh, conversation between the king and banco banco is some sort of the second general who fought with mac Beth alongside or fought alongside Macbeth, and and the discussion is about that the king some sort of uh, is the one who some uh, some sort of um, sees his generals as his children. He some sort of grows them like a flower, and there Banquo says actually very something very interesting, and this is. There, if I grow, the harvest is your own. And this is some sort of very telling what the king some sort of says or why people would want to dispose of the king because uh, uh, Macbeth as well as Banco or his, all his generals fight the war for him. They put their lives in line whereas he is some sort of far away he is naive he doesn't know what's going on but he some sort of gets all the all the appreciation or gets the most of it gets the gain of it without giving anything in return and you have some sort of there uh, at the beginning or the the there's some sort of cleavage or the or the uh, the tension between material desire and love fatherly love um, do you want some gain do you want to make material material gain this is very imp 
important when some sort of in the in the fourth act when Malcolm some in a way admits that he has some deep desires, even though it it is some sort of meant as a as a test for Mac. Duff, but yet it is some sort of confusing. However, but there you again see some sort of the, this 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 uh, tension between material gain and fatherly fatherly love. Uh, for for example, King Duncan makes Macbeth to the new fane of Cawdor, but he gives Banquo, who fought with Macbeth. As well, just a hug. This is all he is, and he weeps, and so on and so forth. So you see again his weakness. He doesn't understand anything about politics. He doesn't understand that he makes Macbeth stronger because now Macbeth is not only the the fane of glams, but as well as of Cordua. So he gains a lot of power, whereas Banker, who assumably seems the more virtuous man, some sort of uh, gains nothing. Uh, we will talk about this further the next week. Next week. So I hope you can join us. This was Adam Kebas from Ordu in Turkey. We are still in the pandemic and heading towards New Year. I hope that you all take care of yourselves and and I wish you a happy New Year. Bye. When so much of life is about the big moments, it's the details in the all-new 2022 Grand Wagoneer that make the small moments truly special. Take joy in American premium design and available technology, like the 23-speaker Macintosh reference entertainment system, and with seating for up to eight, no detail is overlooked, because it's the details that make every journey grand. The Grand Wagoneer. Grand adventures return. Wagoneer is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.